0: Hey doll, merry doll, (laughs) ring-a-dong-dillo!
1: And welcome to Rock Paper Swords, the historical action and adventure podcast. My name is Matthew Harvey.
0: My name is Tom Bombadil. I mean Steve Name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just Ad that. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Oh dear. Oh We're both best-selling historical fiction authors, and together we chat about all things historical and anything that could fall under the banner of action and adventure in books, film, TV, and games. Oh, and we also talk about rock music sometimes. Each episode, we cover different aspects of history, from the quirky to the almost unbelievable. We also talk about writing, not only with each other, but also with guest authors, On today's episode, we're going to talk about a series of blockbuster movies that are based on one of the seminal pieces of fantasy literature, Lord of the Rings. The films were released 20 years ago and had as huge an impact on filmmaking as the novels had on literature and the fantasy genre in general. Directed by Peter Jackson, the trilogy was released over three years from 2001 to 2003. The total budget of the series was $281 million dollars and they took an astounding $2.991 billion at the box office. They won a total of 17 Academy Awards, I think I got that maths right, um, with Return of the King winning an amazing 11 Oscars. The films made stars out of several actors, um, such as Vigo Mortensen and Andy Serkis, took huge leaps forward in digital effects and launched a new era of the film industry and tourism in New Zealand. With the new Amazon series, The Rings of Power, just about to be released, the time felt right for us to revisit these classic movies, looking at them through the lens of the last 20 years. So, I know you hate me when I say so, so I just said it there, especially for you, Stephen. Stephen, what was your first experience with the movies? Um, Were you already a fan of the novels? Were you excited when the films came out?
0: I was already a huge, huge fan of Lord of the Rings before the the movies came out. My first experience with fantasy novels was The Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. I had a friend, I must have been about 13, maybe 12 even, and he was given it Sword of Shannara for his birthday. It's basically a rip-off of so The Lord of I
1: was going to say, so basically you read, uh, the, the, it's like a cover version before yeah, the exactly. original song. It's like when people, yeah. my kids say to me, I've heard this song by a band and you listen to it, you go, well, that's just a cover version of the 60s song. Or yeah, it's like a more
0: commercial yeah. version of that, Some deeper. But, so he got that for his birthday, and I laughed and laughed at him for being such a nerd. And I thought it was Little hilarious. Little did I know, and he gave it to me to borrow, and I absolutely loved it. I couldn't believe how good it was. Uh, it's still a good book, by the way. I've read that uh, one. Yeah, I've read the first one. The, the first three are, are, yeah. are good. Uh, but anyway, so that got me into fantasy, and then after that I read The Hobbit, which is uh, supposedly a children's book, uh, wrote for his own children, uh, Tolkien, and then moved on to Lord of the Rings after that. So... Yeah, it was one of those books where, I remember Christopher Lee said he read them every year, even before he got cast as Saruman. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was reading them every year as well, just because I loved them so much, maybe and, um, two years or another.
1: Christopher Lee actually um, met Tolkien as well, didn't he? I never knew that. Oh, yeah, he did. Um, he was, uh, yeah, I, I don't know the details, but I remember seeing that they met, actually, a person, mm. you know, years before, obviously. Um, Tolkien died early 70s, I think. So, yeah, they met back in the 60s, I think. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't Where? remember the where's and the, the why was with it, but, yeah, they did meet.
0: I so I was already a fan of the novels uh, and couldn't wait for the, the movies to come out. What about you? Had you read it before?
1: <sighs> yes, I had read it before, funnily enough. I'd, um, I was a huge, huge Dungeons and & Dragons and fantasy fan um I still i am a fan of fantasy still you know interested in playing dungeons and dragons and stuff but in the in the 80s early 80s well basically through through the 80s and 90s i was a massive nerd as you would say and i just loved everything to do with fantasy and watched every fantasy movie that came out read all the books that i could find um and i i, I read the hobbit when i was i think my dad read it to me first and i was I don't know, eight or nine or something. And then I read it myself when I was at school, when I was about 11, I think, The Hobbit. I think it was one of the first books, if not the first book that I ever read Mm -hmm. myself, a whole whole novel. Um, And then um, The Lord of the Rings, I struggled. I I remember reading The Lord of the Rings as a young teenager, starting and reading The Fellowship of the Ring and then getting bogged down Mm -hmm. always in The Two Towers. And that happened to me two or three times until I must have been about 20 when I finally sort of powered through the whole thing. Um, I've only read it once the whole the whole lot. Although, as I say, I read The Fellowship of the Ring probably three or four times. Um, but yeah, massive fan. I, I've got the the Lord of the Rings role playing game, and I I just you know I just love the whole thing. Um, and I was and I, I was a big fan of the Ralph Bakshi movie um, mm-hmm. as well the the animated movie that came out in the seventies. I think. So like you had
0: had you seen that back yeah, then? Yeah, I, I, well, saw, well, no, I the saw that. 70s,
1: yeah, well, I saw it on, on video um, back in the eighties. Yeah. Right. And I'd I'd watched that several times, and I've got the um, I've got the soundtrack of that, the music soundtrack for the for that movie, um, and yeah, I had the, the 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 VHS, and I used to watch it loads, and I was a huge huge fan of the of the cartoon, of the of the animated. Thing I never well. knew it
0: existed until about ten years ago. I oh, bought well, it on DVD, which is obviously disappointing because it's such a good movie.
1: It's so, and good. then they never
0: made the rest of it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, there's there is some sort of sequelly thing, not maybe Ralph Backsheet, but there's mm. a second part of it that was made, some animated thing to sort of close up. I'd, I've never seen that, but um, oh, I've never seen it but... The the Ralph Backsheet thing was just great, and if anyone hasn't seen it, it's um it's, you can probably find it really cheap. It's probably available online somewhere, but the um it, it's uh it's basically the first half. It's basically the the Fellowship of the Ring and a chunk of. Um, the two towers really up to the end of Helm's Deep, I think, isn't it? It's it
0: goes, sort of, I don't remember. I've not watched it for that. I, I watched it with my daughter when she was wee, but
1: yeah, I can't remember where it where it ends. But it best. It, it doesn't do the whole ending. It doesn't. It's the, very the, the similar. The it's very very similar. To Peter I Jackson's think, movies, and I think it's really unfair that it didn't get more credit. Yeah, and I and yeah. I have my my. This could be my um, unpopular opinion, but I think that the Fellowship of the Ring. Of the three movies, is the best movie, and I think that partly that could be because it copies lots of the direction decisions and the script decisions from the Ralph Bakshi movie. Maybe not intentionally, maybe unintentionally. Yeah, his maybe just watched it, it and, uh-huh. but I do wonder. And there's bits of it. There are some scenes that are, that are almost exactly the same, like the yeah, camera the, angles and everything.
0: The bit where the ringwraiths attack it, the inn and in Bree. Yes, yeah, exactly. Bit, this, exactly, it's the same. Sure. and the bit when they're hiding okay. from the
1: ring wraiths in the uh-huh. in the in the like the, a little um dell underneath the yeah under the tree and the yep. ring the ring wraith comes above them he's sniffing everything. it's it's almost exactly the same, and sort of shot for shot. So if they, you know, I don't know if Peter Jackson could hold his hand up and actually honestly say that he didn't get uh, any inspiration from that. But I think there was like some controversy at the time when mm. I, I can't remember now that Ralph Bakshi... I think he was still alive at the time, and I'm not sure. I don't actually know much about him now. But I remember at the time, I'm going to have to look now. <laughs> but I think that he got invited. He didn't get invited to the premiere or anything. Or any sort of screening. I, I That's think probably kind of just, why. They kind of just sort of you got rid of him, <laughs> I think.
0: Well, I take your point. I never thought of it like that. But I think probably that movie is the best of the three. It's probably just because it is the best of the three books as well, I would say
1: know well, he's still alive he's still alive Ralph Bakshi mm-hmm. so he might be listening to this very thing now <laughs> you're great ralph
0: make the rest of it
1: please yeah <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen but yeah he's 80, he's 83 now, so he's still around um but yeah so maybe there was some controversy there i haven't done my background of that to, to to revisit it but anyway i'm not going to get bogged down in ralph bakshi's movie I'm talking about the um, peter jackson one which um or the trilogy which are the ones that um, most people are going to have seen and they are abs- absolutely fantastic but going back to the um the build up to that initial movie there's been lots of fantasy movies made um and I saw I remember seeing the trailers of the of, of the fellowship coming out and thinking oh my god this actually looks like mm-hmm they've made a movie that looks like what I imagine sort of Dungeons and Dragons and the fantasy world that I imagine Lord of the Rings to be. Um, It just looks that it looks amazing. I mean, the scenery is epic. They've managed to get dwarves that don't look ridiculous. Let's not talk about the Hobbit movies. Um, And they've, uh, you know, it just looks great. The elves look good. The the people look great. I mean, just everything about it looks, looks brilliant. And so I was so excited. And at the time, I was just realising that my eyesight was not as great as it had been. And um, I remember um, making sure that I'd got a pair of glasses. I went to the opticians and I got a pair of glasses before going to the cinema to see it. And I think I literally picked them up like that day um, and then went to the cinema.
0: (laughs) Well, I can see why it's so memorable because the first time wearing glasses is obviously going to stick in your mind for the rest of your life. It's like me the first time I wore a baseball cap out. Somebody saw me in the street, and started laughing. You go, wait, you weren't that for the idea. Well, it was,
1: <laughs> it was like I could see in um, 3D because I had uh, my my okay. my eyesight had been getting worse and worse, obviously mm-hmm. slowly over. I was about, I must have been about thirty. Yeah, I must, must be thirty. And my eyes had obviously been getting just a little bit worse over time.
0: How, how old are you? Fifty-one now. Wait, right, okay.
1: So yeah, so uh, but I didn't I didn't drive at the time, so I didn't need glasses. So I got public transport everywhere. And I the, the, when I realised I needed glasses, well, this is a bit of a digression, but we we went a holiday, me and my wife went on holiday um, to Florence just a couple of months before. So it's like um, in the autumn of that year, and um, we were going to these amazing cathedrals and things in Florence. And my wife was looking up, and going, "Look at those paintings on the scene, the frescoes and these." And I was looking up, and I was like, "I can't." see. And it was all blurry. Blur? And I was like, I was like, no, I can't see properly. It's like, what's going on? And I suddenly realised that shit. I need glasses. And so then I, we were going to go to see this movie. I thought I cannot go to this movie without having glasses because I'm not going to so miss important. this amazing uh-huh. thing. So anyway, and and I wasn't disappointed. I went to the cinema, and it is my favourite of the three films, Fellowship of the Rings.
0: I think they all came out at Christmas time each Rings. year as well, didn't
1: they? It did. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is another memorable thing you know, it made it each Christmas that more, that extra bit special.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that, I think it's probably one of the first big blockbuster series that they'd filmed all together mm-hmm. as well. They'd got everybody together for like yeah. 18 months or something and they filmed the whole lot yeah. and, and, did and then did all the post-production yeah. and just did like pickup shots or whatever they had to do in between. But the fact that they could release one every three, every one, you know, every, um, they could Christmas one every 12 or... months and, um, and, and be these blockbuster huge things that had like the best special effects ever and everything i mean it was it was really they were real real events and you can see why they they um changed really the face of cinema i think um so just i, I did mention the hobbit movies there very briefly i'm not I, we're not going to talk about the hobbit movies today
0: Have i seen but, them
1: so i was going to say i've only seen the first one and um let's just say it's not the lord of the rings and i'm i don't really understand what's happened there so maybe that's for another day we should do a yeah watch we'll them avoid, and we avoid can avoid that we we'll we'll yeah. can talk about it but um something very strange happened there to peter jackson i don't know but so let's um well let's let's talk about the movies i don't know whether we want to go in the order of the movies i've got notes i watched them all in order in the last sort of week well or I, did,
0: so. I no i did take notes on fellowship of the ring uh but for the next two, I kind of just watched them without taking any notes. I just because it's hard okay. to watch three, four-hour yeah. movies in one week. Yeah.
1: So did so the first question is: Did you watch the extended editions? Well, that's the ones that I've the... got
0: on DVD. So, so
1: I've got the extended editions on DVD, and I've watched them. Obviously, I've seen the originals in the cinema, and I've watched all the extras on the DVDs and everything mm-hmm. years ago. But this time, I watched the theatrical releases because they're on now tv or something so i could just watch them streaming
0: oh i did have a look because i wondered about the hd what the difference would be but i had to i would have had to pay for them yeah
1: so i I could get access to them so i i I watched them on that but i thought i thought it saved me an extra hour you know of time because although i think the extended editions actually add some interesting bits and pieces Mm. i don't think you don't need it you know you've already got three hours of movie each movie anyway so It's kind of a nice to have rather than a necessity, I think.
0: Well, I'm glad you watched. So you watched it in HD then? Yeah, yeah. And I watched the the DVDs. And one thing that I was going to bring up, I thought part of the magic of watching them on DVD is that it's not HD. You know, it's not super high definition, so it looks slightly unrealistic anyway, but not in a bad way, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I think... There's certain bits of it, like and you, now I could tell looking there were certain bits where you could see the sort of green screen bits. Yeah, but that's they, what I was with the bits.
0: CGI and stuff like that. When you see it, if it's not particularly, if it's old, and yeah. you watch it in HD now, you can see it CGI and it makes it kind of takes you out of the movie. It makes it less believable. So I was happy to watch it in DVD. Yeah. So do you it, feel
1: then that it, it didn't it didn't detract from the movie? Yeah. I mean, I actually thought that the the the, the 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 special effects are still incredible. I mean, all the yeah. stuff with Gollum and everything. I mean, he still looks. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a digital character created in any movie for any length of time that's as real, that's as good as Gollum. I mean, they've kind of perfected the the, the facial movements and the eyes and the whole thing. I mean, I know yeah, he's motion not
0: motion human alone.
1: looking because he's although he
0: does of weird. look a, a lot like Andy Serkis. Sorry, yeah, Andy, yeah. if you hear this, but <laughs> kind of do look like Gollum.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but okay. the um. Yeah, the, the but the close-ups of his eyes and the you know, facial expressions I and mean, everything is just incredible. I mean, I know they did lots of um, you know motion capture, like you said, and did facial mm. recognition or facial capture and stuff. But, um, yeah, brilliant. I mean, really well done. So I thought it really held up pretty well. And all of the clever stuff they did about having body doubles for – different things and a forced perspective to you know to have the, the the hobbits look you know the right height next to Gandalf and all that sort of stuff I mean so it still
0: works in HD I think
1: it, it definitely works for me yeah I'm watching those yeah. things and that's one of the reasons why I think that the and I don't know but I think one of the reasons that the fellowship works so much better in some of these ways is because it looks like in the later films they chose to use green screen when they had the hobbits in place and it doesn't work as well. Whereas in the first film, when most of the time that you've got the hobbits, they've either got their backs to the other characters and it's oh. and it's um, little people actually wearing the costumes to sort of show the, the height difference, or if it's got the actors, they've used this forced perspective trick that they did. So they've got them sitting you know further back well, or so, uh-huh. But there, it, but there's no green screen, and so it just looks really believable. But in the later ones, especially noticed in Return of the King, when you've got that scene with thousands of people at, at the very end when they were well, one of the fake endings um when they've got all of the ministerious after the big battle and everything the big was, ceremony was that one. And,
0: sorry the big ceremony
1: yeah the big ceremony yeah. it's the you know, sort of the star wars almost like ceremony bit at the end with the crowning and all that um you've got the the the, the, the hobbits all standing there and they've clearly used some sort of green screen thing and they sort of superimposed them in and it just looks a bit clunky and so with that I could uh, even, see, and you say, uh-huh. oh, and I don't know if they've sort of, as they got better at doing the CGI and the special effects, and I don't know if whether they sort of took more shortcuts as they got into the later movies mm. and did things differently. I don't know.
0: No, I'd, I'd been watching the Prisoner Blu-rays. I'm sure I mentioned it on here. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned there. it the other day. And uh, obviously watching that on a tiny TV in 1960s uh, would be fine. You watch it now on the Blu-rays, high definition on a big, massive telly. You can actually see it's not even Patrick McGowan and a lot of the scenes. It's a completely yeah. different person. It just looks ridiculous. It's too high quality. And yeah. It was never intended to be seen in that way, and it kind of ruins it. It's still amazing, but it kind of ruins it. And I think I no, suppose that... any anything's going to suffer from that as technology moves on.
1: I don't think there's any of that. There's no bits where it actually ruined it for me. I mean, the, the, the worst for me, the worst bits of the, um, the sort of the CGI and stuff where, where they've got, where they've actually gone a bit closer to what the Hobbit movies are like without going to that. But especially with Legolas, it's when Legolas does mm-hmm. these things where he's leaping up onto the top of the elephants or the elephants or whatever they're called and all of this stuff. And it's all very obvious that it's not real in this, well, but it's, it's because of the movements he's doing. Right. It's because of the sort of the cartoony nature of it and you know, the, Sliding down the stairs on a on a shield. Well, that like was the exact scene. Like,
0: I remember that sticking in my head at the time uh, when I went to the cinema to watch it. And I've actually I've got a comment here as I was watching Fellowship of the Ring. I was thinking, like you, uh, it worked better than the other later two because it was less Hollywood. It was slightly more natural filmmaking, uh, and I distinctly remember that scene with Legolas sliding down the shield sitting at the cinema and thinking this looks ridiculous. Why have they why have they done this? It's, it's so different from the, the first yeah. movie that kind of and really annoyed me at the time. And
1: me, well me too. And then, then he does, does it he does it again when he, it ends up um in in the the return of the king you've got all the moments when he does that thing when he leaps up onto the, the mm-hmm. elephant and he's jumping about and he slides down off the elephants. Yeah trunk. It, it looks completely like, unrealistic. Yeah. It just looks ridiculous. And so where everything else is so grounded in reality. And I think I think you're right. And I think we're both saying similar things that it was just much more naturalistic yeah. that first movie. And I wonder, and I'm thinking about why the book of The Fellowship of the Ring is better, in my opinion, than the other books as well, is because the story is much more individual as well. It's much more based on just a small number of people. Yep. And so you can really you really care about what happens to Boromir. You know, it's one of the best moments in the book. It's one of the best things in the Ralph Bakshi movie. One of the best moments in the Fellowship of the Ring movies when Boromir gets killed. Yeah, there's not still because, nothing
0: doesn't like that later
1: on. Not because I don't want him not because I want him to die, but because of the, the pathos of it and the yeah. fact that he's just it's just a brilliant scene. And you care about this guy, Boromir, even though he's kind of like set up to be kind of a baddie or whatever, I don't know, you know, difficult character, but he's um
0: ultimately he's, he's, he's a good character. Ultimately he's a he's good, good guy. guy.
1: And that that moment of redemption at the end, when he tries to defend the the the, the, the hobbits, and then ends up taking a couple of arrows for it, and, and and ultimately gets killed, and it's it's just a brilliant scene. And and I think it's that fact that you focus on those nine characters, or the you know that are going the fellowship, and you really care about each of them individually. And later on, it's all these huge sweeping battles of thousands of people in, and it just becomes boring. <laughs> this
0: is weird. You could have been sitting beside me watching it with me and we could have been talking about this because this is exactly what I was thinking as well. I mean, yeah. I've written down in my notes. I don't even need to look. But, um, it was the exact same things I was thinking. The earlier movie, it was about the people and it was small scenes with small people, but it was still it was important. Whereas the later movies add in more and more battles and things are happening. And even where it's about the people, it's maybe about Frodo and Sam, and they're not really, they're not Frodo and Sam anymore because the ring's taken over and then this, these situations that are so dangerous and deadly and Smeagol and Gollum are there and it, it, it kind of pushes it away from being grounded in reality almost. It becomes a lot more fantasy and it's away from the human side of it and it's becoming this huge big epic war and battles and Fantasy and high fantasy, and it, it, it does it definitely makes the series worse as it goes on. And it's interesting because
1: I, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think the moments that stand out in the subsequent movies, like the Return of the King and the Two Tower, I mean, they've got the Two Towers and the Return of the King have got some great moments in it. I think all the actors do a great and, job, and amongst
0: and, the, the battles and, uh, and the
1: and the film, I mean, even the battles are really well done and everything. It's just it's it, it just not as exciting and. It's interesting because it is the way that cinema goes. You know, it's like if you look at the Marvel movies, that's the way they've gone, and that's why I, I personally have got fed up with watching the Marvel yeah, movies. They're just too all much. just uh, you watch the first the two, same. and you're going like, "Wow, this is incredible!" And after, this, it's just like they're all the same. It's all massive yep. battles and millions of aliens all fighting and millions of baddies, and, you know, uh-huh. and the human elements almost lost. Yeah, exactly. Story, and and so I think there are still really great human for want of a better term, because obviously it might be elves and <laughs> people, but, you know, human um, moments in those second films. So you do have them. Some, some of my favourite moments, actually, in those movies. So you've got the bit with um, Theoden, uh, the king, when he loses his son. Um, so I'm just looking at my notes now because I didn't. Why do did they keep down...
0: calling him Theoden King instead of King Theoden?
1: Because it's 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 That's um, Anglo-Saxon. It's Anglo-Saxon. So yeah, yeah. So I've got that in my books as well. Quite a lot they do that. And so Oswald. i King... It's just it's stuck out there. and yeah. it, it sounded weird. So it's very much. I think I like it because of the Anglo-Saxon elements mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. the Rohan, and you know the the, the Riders of Rohan yeah. are, uh, Rohan are very you know based on yeah old English Anglo-Saxon kind of thing, but with horses. Um, but the yeah. So the death when he finds out that his son is dead and they're burying the son and he's got that great line um, which i took a note of somewhere uh, when he says oh yeah when he says no parent should have to bury their child and and it's just so moving i mean it's, it's great i mean he's brilliant in the role but it's just um it's just a, a really that brings in that sort of that human element and again i think um the the the, the character all of that sort of interplay actually between theoden king and the um and his family, you know, the 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 niece, yeah, niece and the nephew, yeah, yeah. um, Aowin and Eomer, is brilliant. You know, all of that and the and it's really well done. I couldn't and, really
0: understand even watching it now what the hell was going on with Aomar and Aragon.
1: Uh, what do you mean?
0: She obviously fancied Aragon. Oh, with Eowyn, Eowyn. Uh, sorry, what did I call? Aomar. Uh, that's uh, the, uh, that's uh, Carl Eowyn.
1: Urban's character, who I think is oh, great. Judge Dredd. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I... I, I
1: so I, think, it seem I pointless? think Yeah, so I think so going back to the, the thing of I was going to say one of the things I wanted to talk about was about the script and how close the script is to the books and how distant it is and what things they've added, what things they've taken away and I think I think they realized the weaknesses that we're talking about. I think they knew the script writers that they, that, that they needed to bring in these human elements. Yeah, for. Alive, and so I yeah. reckon they Added these sort of because I, I don't remember in the books there being that kind of will they won't they I don't remember it either
0: and I, I even listened to the audiobooks about two years ago and I don't remember
1: so I think they just put it there as a you know to give it a some token extra sort of love human interest. human mm. sort of spice or something and she's brilliant I thought she's great in it and and yeah but yeah, you just feel sorry
0: for her yeah
1: yeah you do but but she's got a great scene I really liked her scene in um you know they've they've taken. In the books, is Mary, isn't it Mary oh. or Pippin, one of them who kills the Nazgul? Do you think I would know? Is it the Scottish one or not? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, in this, they've got Mary, is there a. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's Mary. Is it yeah. Mary? Yeah. Sure so they've Mary, got. Pippin's they've got, the Scottish one. Yeah, and they've got Mary um, stabs him in the foot, which he does in the book. Mm. I can't remember exactly what happens, but. Um, I'm sure in the
0: book it happens later on or something like that. Is, or, is bit... oh, no, no, see, he doesn't know it's her. That
1: he's worth. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And the book. So they've done, but they've done it great in the film. I thought that was really great, and they've got the whole bit. You know, he goes, "No man can kill me." Yeah, that's right. And she goes, she takes a helmet off, and then she kills. That was a good scene. That's a great scene. So that's Hollywood, but it's Hollywood, but done well in, and it's still that human side of things, and you're rooting for her, and you're going, "Great for you, and You've got in there, and you've." Show, you show the guys you know you're just as good as everyone else and you're actually better you know you're killing the the, the head baddie you know it's great <laughs> so yeah she's she's brilliant I I really love her character yeah she
0: has really good she's isn't it. great
1: and she's one of those actresses that I don't think I've seen in in much really and but she's brilliant in, in these films
0: well we'll talk about that again because that's that's a good point just in general about all the actors but uh, just before we move on about Boromir uh, yeah. when he gets killed. Obviously, Sean beansey has to die.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, obviously.
0: I mean, he's a major character and he dies in the first movie. And I don't remember any other major character dying in the rest of the movies. Do you know, the way it moves you the way he does, there's one as important as Ferdinand, obviously. Uh, but he's not like as important as Boromir. So that's another plus for the first movie. The, um, well, the second that, yeah. movies, second and yeah. third movies, just don't really. Act. There's all this danger and stuff. But at the end of it, every single one of them's still alive. All the hobbits are alive. Gandalf's alive. You know. Well, that's right.
1: On. You have these random people dying, don't you? So mm-hmm. but you don't it's care like, about. Oh, we've much. had five hundred um, people have been murdered in a farmstead somewhere, and you think, oh, okay, it's terrible, you know. But everyone's screaming and crying. But you're not. Uh-huh. You don't really. You're not care. invested in it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But So I just wanted to say that. But then you're saying about uh, the actress that played Eowyn. Yeah. Uh, so you've never seen her in other things. Neither have I, actually. But even at the time these movies came out, I think one of the things that made them so good for me was, I don't think I'd ever seen any of these actors in anything. They I'm not were. a huge TV or movie fan, especially. So I, mean, I didn't Gandalf, know any of them.
1: Ian McKellen was really famous still. He, he may have been he, he,
0: really famous, but I've never seen him in anything. That I, I knew. think
1: I mean many, many people had seen had seen him in stuff. Because he'd been he'd already been in X Men before then, I think. So I think he'd already been I've seen Magneto in X Men. I've never seen it. <laughs> so, never seen it. <laughs> anyway, but it, but but that's like mainstream, but he was all, all you know he was he was he was a big name. But I'm trying to think who else. Well obviously Sean Bean. He'd done all the he'd done all the um sharp mm-hmm. stuff. Which I've so never was,
0: watched well, the, the fact that you never watched that, it, it, obviously. The, I mean, <laughs> no, no, I know. I don't mean it made it better for everybody, but for no, me, okay, it yeah. made it better for me because I never knew who these people were. So, well, if you never me, go to the, it...
1: if you never go to the cinema or or, or, uh-huh. or see anything, and then you then you go and see a film twenty years later, and then right. you've never seen any actors. Then every film will be exciting for you, well,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. But, I, for, <laughs> but I mean, none of them. You're saying Ian McKellen, but he wasn't like a, a massive star, and none. He was the biggest, probably. So who else? Well, None Sean Bean was
1: probably. I mean, he's well known to British. Audience. Exactly. But I think. I think you're. You're right though. I mean, so I, I actually did note down that I thought the casting was really good, and I think people like Viggo Mortensen. Who you who's never seen amazing. before. Amazing. No. Yeah. And he's amazing. Oh, he has uh, definitely
0: steals the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know really who. Uh, Sam. Him and Sam Gamgee.
1: And I, yes, exactly. Sean Astin yeah, as well. The two.
0: The, the two of them are absolutely amazing throughout.
1: All three movies, yeah, they're both brilliant. And um, funny, I mean, Liv Tyler, I'd seen her before as well because she's in um, the Aerosmith video, she's in the Aerosmith video, but she's in the movie as well. What's the one? Um, uh, Armageddon, so she's in Armageddon, which was right. huge as well, which came like a couple of years before in the 90s. So she's in that, um, with Bruce Willis. Is it Bruce I've Willis seen it, but no, no, no.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's him. And
1: there's anyway, so she, songs, she's right? in that, and so she's she's she was known to me. But yeah, most of the actors were not household names and they weren't like people you'd seen in 50 movies before. Um, talking of additions and omissions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So one big omission is the whole Tom Bombadil part of the story, which if you haven't read the books, people, um, then you will n- will not know what we're talking about. But in the n- novels, there's a big chunk of early on in the fellowship of the ring where um the hobbits go through a, a, an old forest in the shire or on the edge of the shire on their way to brie and it's kind of like a for um what's the word I'm foreshadowing? For, foreshadowing that's the word foreshadowing of fangorn yeah. later on in that the trees are alive and one of them kind of gets gets caught in an old willow and
0: which actually happens in the movie i think it's the third movie Oh, yeah,
1: but um, that's right. Yes, that happens
0: uh, because uh, in the book, that happens to one of them, and Tom Bombadil comes along and frees them. Yes, whereas in the movie, it's the tree beard that frees them. Ah,
1: that's right. And so, the Tom Bombadil bit, I think, is weird, and I don't really understand what it's all about (laughs) in the books. But it does have one of my favorite scenes, which always gets cut out of the movies, which is the bit when they end up in the Barrow Mounds. Yeah, that is a good And it's a ah. fantastic mm-hmm. bit of the, mm-hmm. of the books. And for some reason, in both the Bakshi and in this, they, they lose that so on the way to Weathertop. They, yeah, because
0: um, they could have done that even They could still him. do that bit without yeah. Tom
1: Bombadil, yeah. 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 They could have done because Aragorn could have rescued them or someone else. Yeah, atmospheric know, have, location. Really great, yeah.
0: Uh, but I have to take the opposite tack there. I think Tom Bombadil's good. I really like his uh, sections in the books. And there's actually a bit where he tries on the ring in the books,
1: and it doesn't doesn't do anything to him, does it? it doesn't, doesn't have work. any
0: no effect on him. Nope. But this and, is why
1: I find it so strange because it's like, how do you explain this all away? And obviously, Tolkien's got an idea of who he is and what's he's like. Some sort well, of. Well, I think other it, it's because other. he's
0: kind of yeah, he's otherworldly. He's supposed to be the first person that was ever on the Middle Earth as well, so he's like the oldest person if he is a person. Uh, I don't think he's supposed to be, but he's childlike. So they couldn't entrust the ring to him because he's he would just throw it away. You know, he'd pour it along, singing his wee song, and uh, probably toss the ring away, not really caring about it because it doesn't have power over him. And when Frodo tries it on, he can still see Frodo. And also, he asks Frodo if he can have it, and Frodo gives him it without any argument or, you know, freaking out the way he does with anybody else when they want it. So yeah. I find that it's obviously about yeah. deeper. Yeah,
1: it, it, maybe I need to read it again because I just remember as a teenager just thinking, "What's this?" Well, I this think so it, it,
0: like a lot of stuff in Tolkien's books, it goes on for too long. Yes, but if yeah. they were to condense it, I think there's a lot of really, really good ideas in it. That they could have put in the movie if they condensed it right down and maybe not had them being so daft or childish. But it would
1: probably it would probably raise too many questions that wouldn't get answered. And I think yeah, in the movie you kind of uh, need the answers uh-huh. to the questions. That that's
0: fair enough. For, uh, why didn't they uh, just give it to him? And then you yeah, would have to have the yeah, whole big explanation. Yeah, yeah, and then
1: it just becomes like an exposition kind of thing. Say, who is Tom Bombadil? Oh, mm. let me explain who I think he is. You know, you can't just leave it open. Yeah. So you'd have to, have to be asking Gandalf who he is. You know, and it would all just become. I think a...
0: they do ask. I'm sure yeah. they do ask Gandalf in, in one of the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he yeah, explains yeah. who he is and stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's interesting. So, um, so it sounds like we both agree that the, the first one's the best. I'm trying to think of other things mm-hmm. that um other great moments. I've got the
0: bit with the army of the dead.
1: Oh yeah. What do you think about that then? Well... The army of the dead bit in the in the return of the king?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, it just seemed too powerful, and it's about like, why did they all get these guys earlier?
1: <laughs> yeah. And they would have I, saved
0: I... so many lives because so... it's basically a nuclear bomb
1: exactly it's a boom yeah and do all these
0: millions of people suddenly appear and just wash over everything that's it they're all saved it's like you could have just done that in the first place
1: yeah yeah i I didn't so that again you know the return of the king all just feels like it's one macguffin after another and it's all too big Mm and you know the sword is suddenly presented out of nowhere elrond turns up with the sword (laughs) i mean it's like what what (laughs) has he flown there what (laughs) You know, you've got other bits where you've got like Gandalf having to gallop across the plains on Shadow for days, you know, to get to, to Minas Tirith. And then the next minute Elrond just turns up in in a Out bit in of a, a hood, you know, like, I'm uh-huh. here with the sword. There you go. <laughs> Off you go. And all, all these elves. Yeah. No, uh-huh. and, and then and it's suddenly like, you know, oh, and Arwen's dying. What? What's that all about? It's it's it's, it's really weird. It's just let's let's create some jeopardy where you know the whole world is going to be destroyed by by um, Sauron, but let's just mm. create some extra jeopardy by the fact that if you don't destroy the ring, Arwen's going to die as well. Uh-huh. We're all going to we're all going to die. We're going to die the in, ring. I mean. It's like, well, don't, don't pile extra shit on me. It's like, <laughs> I think at that point, Aragorn's like, oh for fuck's sake, I'm going to get off with the with <laughs> with with Arwen. Uh, she fancies me. She's got the easier option. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> They've got more in common. You should have left Darwin. Have just let go. Anyway, yeah, that thing with the with the with the with the Army of the Dead, boring. Didn't like it. The, the other thing that, that that happens in the and this is more of a stylistic thing, um, as 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 the film's progressed. And again, it's like Peter Jackson kind of loses runs out of ideas. He's got all this amazing material. And I think in the third film, you run the risk of the fact that there's like nothing new. Added. So we've seen all the pretty much all the characters, everything's kind of been done to death. So by the third one, you've especially when you're watching them back to back, you've kind of got fatigue from I've seen it all now, I've seen them all now. It's just more of the same. Yeah, bigger. there's been
0: big battles. Yeah, all it's, it's just him. bigger,
1: but the same. But so it seems like Peter Jackson goes, Well, I know what I'm going to do. These movies are all three hours long. The third one, I'm just going to make everything in slow motion because that will make it three hours long. And so he uses slow motion so he overuses it. Terribly, I think, in that third movie. I actually never noticed. Oh god, <laughs> so, I go know,
0: back but, and watch it. Maybe, I did. I watched it last week, but maybe, maybe I zoned out by that
1: point. But honestly, that the, he overuses it. There's there's moments of like of 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 just like. Like I don't know the warrior, like Aragorn sort of stepping into the midst of battle, and he does a mm. slow mo bit. But he, he does loads of it with bits, bits of horse riding in slow mo. You've got all these little things, and it's just like every time it's slowing everything down to make it seem more epic. It's already epic. It's in the music, mountains, and, then... and the music, and the. I do, I do, they're, a lot of the gollum
0: scenes, uh, a slow motion. I remember that. At yeah, the end. loads of it, loads of it, mm-hmm. and he
1: does it all the time. And then at the end, you've got the goodbye scene, or the no, the welcome scene where they they all meet on the bed and they're all jumping around in that weird, slightly homoerotic hobbit <laughs> way, and it's like it's it's It was a bit, a bit weird. weird.
0: And, uh, that, aye, that, it was that, obviously it was so set up. I mean, it, it's just it, it's it so, and they do it in slow motion, so they don't just go. <laughs> the way they Hi, walk in at how the you long. doing? And, and they, they
1: just, go on like, the piers and... Uh, bouncing about on the bed in slow-mo and stuff. It's like, it's it's weird.
0: It was it's weird, just... but I was crying the whole way through
1: it. Really? Okay, okay. <laughs> I was At that part just just did me in. And um, <laughs> other notes I've made in here, about, I've said the Battle of Minas Tirith just goes on too long, so we kind of agree. I did think one of the things that I did really like about The Return of the King as well, and before anyone thinks that I don't like these movies, I really do like the movies. I think they're fantastic. And if Peter Jackson ever hears this, Sorry, Peter. You are an amazing director, but the slow won't be, won't be making any yearbooks.
0: He won't be making. Yeah,
1: <laughs> if in ten years' time he's like, "Yes, Peter Jackson's going to direct your movie," I'll be like, "Stephen, quick, delete this episode." You <laughs> <laughs> can't delete this episode now. No, but um, Shelob, Shelob mm-hmm. the giant spider, she's amazing. So I think the and that the, whole the, uh, that is genuinely terrifying. Um, the that whole scene, the whole bit with the spider. And just the silence when she's like doing that silent creeping up behind him and it's making the back the, the hairs of the back of my neck stand uh, up I, now yeah. just thinking about it. That just that's just terrifying. I hate spiders anyway, but the idea of like a spider that's twenty foot long or something or thirty foot long is just
0: I don't mind small spiders scary. and I kind of get used to them because I was a meter reader for eighteen yeah. years and every gas meter box you open has one of there's those a, in it. There's a spider a in massive it. Massive spider. But, but not 20 lying... foot long. Well, if it's right beside you It feels like it I was lying in the bed the other night Just the headphones yeah, on, yeah. listening to music uh, Reading a book And the next thing, Sheila actually walked into my bedroom I swear to God Because we've got a tan coloured carpet And this absolute massive spider walked in the room I've got the headphones on, the wife's watching the TV And I burst out oh, Jesus Christ Terrified, jumped away up in the air And she's going, what is it, what is it, what's happening I'm like, spider and, and it Massive, it was like I yeah, think it spiders. must be
1: it must be the fact that we've been watching the, the Shelob thing because I, I I went camping a few days ago and I came home <laughs> and I was literally on the phone to my wife and I was just I was stinky I was I'd been camping for three days I hadn't had a shower <laughs> and I went into the bathroom and I was like on the I was on hands free chatting to my wife I'm painting a picture here you know taking my clothes off and I and I picked up a towel that was there and as I'm talking to her this massive spider just walked out of the towel it was like the towel folded. And uh-huh. there was, and it, it was like, Oh, a, would they do the hide in places, it like was that? horrible. And it, and it was like, and it, and it, but it was, I just held this thing and I was like, oh, I almost freaked out. And I just have to, like, oh, gotta, gotta go.
0: I remember reading some years ago where there was this theory that spiders came like from outer space. They were actually aliens, somehow come here, maybe a meteorite or something. And that's why we're so freaked out by them because they're not of this earth.
1: I, I could quite I could quite believe that because um, they are terrifying.
0: Well, they definitely freak you out. As I say, small ones aren't bad, but if you see a huge... Exactly, you're shivering there. It makes there, me shiver it, to it, think about. It. So I've it got- did make me think, maybe that's a good theory, maybe they are aliens. But anyway, digressing, yeah. way off... But but that's why the Shelob scene is so good because she is terrifying. And um,
1: she is. I mean, and the CGI and everything is brilliant. I mean, the whole thing and is just great. And that. when I mean,
0: he's wrapped up in the yeah. the web and he looks oh, dead. And,
1: it's just awful. Oh, it's, uh, and when Sam turns up there with the light of Elendil or uh, whatever the, it is, the main and, hero. Uh-huh. And what does? Yes, Sam's brilliant. Is he? What? What, what does he say? What does he? Say? Leave him alone, you filth, or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and but thing. Uh sting The idea out. of standing, uh-huh. standing
1: in front of this massive spider with like a tiny little sword and being a little, a little person—that's a magical
0: sword. So I it's a magical it's a sword, but
1: still, it's a tiny little sword, and he's a tiny little person having to uh. stand in front of this massive, monstrous spider. I mean, you imagine the balls on him to do that. I mean, mm. <laughs> if it were me, I would have just been running down the those steps.
0: But that's what's so good about Sami's.
1: He's, he's just brilliant.
0: He's he has the best character in it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it, it kind of makes you He gets the girl. My he gets um, the girl as well. So he does. It. I think he's the only one, isn't he? Yeah. Well, apart one. from how to
1: um, and there's that. a weird line. Just it. just digressing from that. There's a weird line right at the end. I didn't write down the line, but it's a weird line. I don't know if it's in the book, but in the in the film, Frodo goes off into the into the West, which I never really mm. understand. The whole thing of the elves buggering off to the West and everybody disappearing off into the West. What's that all about? I don't get that. Anyway. But he's going off and he's left his, his, his writings for Sam and Sam's kind of reading the last bit or whatever and you see him there with his family. And he, but in it, Frodo says something like, he goes, you can't be torn between two things anymore, Sam. And it's like, well, what is it? Is there some sort of homoerotic relationship going on here? I don't think and so. And it's like saying, like, you can't be torn with your love. You know, you have to... I, I didn't understand. It's just his loyalty. His, his loyalty. his loyalty he's
0: his childhood friend and he's... A bit strange. It, there's one bit in it where he
1: but he's not, but he's not his childhood friend in the book so he's, he's his bloody gardener isn't
0: he yeah but they are friends as well uh, yeah. that is a good what is that line he says as well are you his, are you his guardian or something and he says no I'm his gardener yeah but one them, I can't even remember who it is they're fighting at then. but it's a great line he says no I'm just his gardener it's a bit like Steven Seagal in Under Siege where he says no I'm just a cook yeah I'm just a cook yeah <laughs> Uh Sam Gamgee is the real hero of the, the entire piece for me. But it makes I mean Frodo is just so whiny.
1: Oh I've I've actually written a note here. So a note here is, and I don't know if this I don't think he's as whiny in the books. I think they've made him whiny, and it, I don't I don't know if that's a direction thing or yeah. what. But um I've written down Frodo is a whiny bitch.
0: Yeah. I've written down because he was getting <laughs> on my
1: tits by the end of it. I was like, oh, stop whining.
0: Mm-hmm. Come on! It just gets worse and worse and whinier and whinier, and then Sam's doing all this, great, carrying him over oh, things no. and saving his life. And he's going, "Sam, just go away, Sam, leave me alone." You're never. I getting hate you. I ring. I
1: never. like Gollum. I like Gollum more than you. Is and Sam's just like crying. They're going How
0: can you be so horrible? <laughs> it's just, know, and you're just like, leave him alone. Sam is the man. <laughs> and it does. It. it, it it's... Frodo's just whiny, and Sam's a hero.
1: Sam is definitely the hero. So Sam and Aragorn. I remember as a kid, Aragorn, son of Arathorn, mm. Strider, to his friends, mm-hmm. was chance. my absolute favourite character. And I, whenever yeah, I played Dungeons and Dragons for like year. 10 years, I would always have a ranger and he mm. would always be like green cloaked. And, and, you know, my favourite colour is green. And I think it's probably because of that. You know, it's like I just love that character. He's brilliant. And for people who have read my books, um, the Benicia Chronicles, the character apparently is based on, or loosely based on, because of the Old English and Anglo-Saxon um, history that um, Tolkien was very interested in. Is loosely based on King Oswald, who was um, exiled from his kingdom of Benicia and then returned as a Christian king and won the war against the you know the, the people that were, were fighting. Right.
0: I never knew any of that.
1: Yeah, and it was the return of the king. Apparently it's based on on him. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, I might have known
0: it. These came out 20 years ago or something. I've kind of forgotten everything because I know I've got movie specials like of Empire Magazine. I bought uh, the Witch King sword, real life. You know, it's on my wall right now. It's like almost as tall as me. Uh, I've got the Sting, the sword replica and stuff. So I even bought my wife an Elvish Ring. 20 odd years ago it had I don't Elvish it's I don't
1: want to ask what that is.
0: Well it, it's there's nothing <laughs> nothing offensive. It's a, it's basically a silver ring. It's supposed okay. to be like the the one ring. When, uh, you
1: it, when you said a love ring, I was thinking all sorts of no, going
0: on. I think you've got to mind going on about rings and well, that's but no, it's just a silver ring and it's got okay. Elvish writing on it and it says something like I love you or something on it. So I mean I was a huge fan in general, Lord of the Rings, but you forget stuff don't you after yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: once you get to our age especially your age because you're a good few <laughs> years older than me
1: another thing that um, I thought of talking about going through the order as things get added into the films um, and we are talking about things that are not in the books and Arwen I believe is not in the books am I correct in saying that or well, she's mentioned but she's not a major character she doesn't turn up and talk to anybody or do anything
0: Oh, now that you mention it, I'm sure Aragorn's supposed to be a child when he was in Rivendell.
1: Yeah. So that whole love interest thing is made up, isn't it? It's kind of added for the film to make it. Although I think she's quite good. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, she's it's a good not... character. Yeah. although Although underutilised. So she's utilised a lot in that first film. Mm. And again, gives an added depth to Aragorn, and she's very pretty, and it's all lovely, you know, beautiful. And they have the kissing, and it's all good. But then later, she's kind of really underutilized, and just appears in a bit of sort of dream states and things. It's all a bit, bit wasted. Feels like, yeah, washy, washy. There's no, yeah, exactly. And again, slow mo. Lots of the slow mo sort of her. I must go into (laughs) it. Is my it is my choice. It is my choice, Agent Smith. There's another one who was known, you see, because he was Agent Smith in The Matrix. Hugo Weaving.
0: I have. Oh, I have seen that. And so he yeah, was
1: years ago. Mister Anderson. Here is this sword. Yeah, he's very. Um, he's very sort of specific. He's quite
0: good, actually. I quite like him. Um,
1: I made a note here. That I said the black. I said another reason why the first film is awesome is because the black riders on horseback are the best baddies in the whole movie.
0: Yeah, but they're um, a bit more realistic, then, aren't they? Because they're on horses, whereas yeah, with a flying dragons, the flying dragons, it's just flying dragons. Is invincible, basically.
1: Yeah, although they're not, because then Aowen just cuts the head off the dragon, like it's nothing. And it's then like a huge, big beast thing, and instead of like biting her, it, she just goes whoop, mm, just whops it. The samurai
0: sword straight through. I know, and then she shoves it on his face and kills him as well.
1: Yeah, she's like she's really um, badass. But anyway, yeah. So I think that's again it, because they're they're realistic, but they're they're kind of they're really emblematic. They're they they look great, and it all sort of goes downhill, you know, after they've been killed. Well, they've been killed, but then it's almost gone downhill. But goes downhill because they're brought back as baddies again. If Tolkien had come up with some other baddies, it would have been better than bringing them back as you know. But even if school.
0: he brought them back as the same,
1: just horseback riders, again, yeah.
0: yeah, instead of flying in dragons, which yeah. I don't I don't remember that in the books whether they were. Maybe.
1: I think it might be mentioned no, in the books, fly. but it's not as yeah. full on. I think there might be bits of them going over the marsh looking for them or something. Mm. there that, that d-
0: definitely is, that's right. Uh, uh, so you, but has you don't get the, the, them; they're and not stuff.
1: flying through lifting bits up and killing everybody. Every...
0: Uh, exactly, like, they're just flying the dragon straight into like, a whole army and smashing them everywhere. And you think, like, how could you yeah. possibly fight against that? You'd be terrified. <laughs> and, uh, and it's pointless <laughs> anyway, because yeah. one dragon could just smash everybody to pieces and that'd the end of it.
1: So I thought Saruman the white is good, but the battle, the magic battle is a bit naff. Top of the tower. Yeah, to,
0: to kind of geezers
1: Well, it's just that the magic they use is like, he's just he, he did that bit when he does the sort of the break dance on his that. head. It's like, what's that? What's that? That doesn't look, that doesn't look scary. That's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that. It's... Anyway, of all the things you could do to someone, make them spin around on their head doesn't seem like the worst thing you can do. I will now make you spin on your head.
0: I don't know. have you ever been stuck in a roundabout? <laughs> I was say. It's scary. I saw I don't get that done to him actually no long ago and they wouldn't let him off. They just kept spinning them, it was nearly crying at the end. Of it. So I it was going Sarah Man's pretty evil in my book for doing that. <laughs> it's
1: pretty scary, yeah. So if if you'd actually had a roundabout in a kiddies playground <laughs> or something. Of- the guy in and not let him off then that would have. that's been a true
0: story actually story I remember I was at the park must have been my daughter and they did it to this adult uh, and they spun and spun and spun and spun for ages wouldn't let him off and he was practically begging them and then I read his meter about two years after that and I, I recognized him and I said to him oh, you were that guy in the roundabout that day and he pretended they never knew what I was talking about
1: <laughs> because you see him you see him greeting like a burn
0: exactly he was too embarrassed
1: so we already talked about Boromir's death being amazing, Ch- chasing the Uruk Hai across. Now we're into the Two Towers now. I'm sort of mm. going through my list. Well, no, that was a good comments. scene. Yeah, that's a brilliant scene. I love that in the books as well. Um, does go on a little bit too long, as do most of the things, but um, it is great. And and here's why it works better in the fellowship, i sorry, the, in the Two Towers in the film than it does in the book. And here's why the books actually always trap me into giving up is that Tolkien did that thing that no modern writer would do, and that he writes the first half of The Two Towers is basically Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas chasing after the dwarves, oh, sorry, the, the hobbits, and then having the whole fight at um, Helm's Deep. And then the second half is Frodo and Sam and, um, and Gollum, but of course, the Frodo and Sam and Gollum bit is kind of not as exciting. Yeah, exactly. And, but in the film, they do that modern thing, which we would do if we were writing in a novel. Yeah, now, split they, they just split it, go chapter yeah. to chapter, you know, so mm-hmm. flipping from one to the other, which people might find annoying in a book. But you're much more likely to keep people entertained doing that than you are if you just said, I'm going to write 20 chapters now about one lot and then 20 chapters of the other and trying to work out where you are in the timeline as well. In the books, it becomes quite complicated then. You've got things like, they're looking up at the full moon and then the next, you know, halfway through the next book, it's kind of the same full moon, but it's it's really yeah, weird It's a
0: fantasy world though, so I suppose you could do what you like with
1: moons No, no, so the timeline is good, but it's just that you're reading, like you read I don't know, like a, a week of Aragorn and that that lot, and then you read, then you go to like the week of the other guys but you have to try and work out which part of the story you're in, I mean it's in the timeline, because so, anyway, so they're I've
0: never looked into that uh, deeply, uh, worrying about, got... about timelines. I'm well, no, no, you, well, you don't, yeah,
1: you don't <laughs> have to about, do that. You're about anal here.
0: Well,
1: I'm thinking about the structure, but I've got a book, I've I'm got a book rings and, uh, too much. I've got a book of, of very detailed maps, um, of the Lord of the Rings. I'm obviously more of a fan <laughs> of Lord of the Rings than you are. Um, no, 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 I wouldn't, you're more of a fan of maps and timelines than me. Well, it's really, it's, it's interesting. I don't know where it is, actually.
0: I need to find it. That's so it I it's actually it. quite interesting because I don't have maps in my books. I don't really care either. But I do get some readers that say, why don't you put a map in there? as well?" not I want a map? So I put a list of places in as a kind of sop yeah, so to them. Maybe you're not
1: as visual. Yeah. I don't really,
0: yeah. I like I don't really care visual. about map. It's, the map.
1: The story is more important than where
0: they are or when they are.
1: Well, the story is obviously of paramount importance, but um, no, yeah, I, I, love I maps do
0: that. Th- joking aside, I find that quite interesting that you've noticed this and that I haven't. And that is a point from our books so the maps, I don't have them and you do, and you find them really important and you enjoy them that much. You've actually got a book of maps from Lord <sighs> of the Rings.
1: I'm gonna have to find it now. I don't know <laughs> if it's on the shelf. I hope it hasn't been thrown away because we've just been throwing out loads of stuff. So bear bear with me for a second. We'll I'll edit
0: in some music to hide this oh, section. Okay. He's got a book of my Exciting stuff.
1: I found it! Look at this. So, this almost got thrown away a few years ago. And I was really depressed um, because I, uh, I thought I'd lost it. But look at this. This is on the, the, the journey- journal. It's- Journeys of Frodo, an Atlas of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings by Barbara Strachey or Strachey. I don't hear pronounce the name, but look at the lady that did this. Ooh. This elderly lady mm-hmm. from the 19, this must have been the 1970s or something. So let's have a look. What date is it? 1981 was originally published.
0: That's probably a lifelong undertaking, though.
1: Yeah, she was look,
0: maybe about look, twenty-five and she started. So look,
1: each and they're done in the style of um, the Lord of the Rings, so the same style as as Tolkien's maps, mm. right? And but she goes through the book through chapter by chapter, and she's got a description. And this is why I was interested in the timelines because she actually she's got them going through in detail around through ah, Hobbiton and all the rest okay. of it, and she's got the timeline it says twenty-third of September. She's worked out because she's worked out when there's full moons and all sorts according to the story. And she says things like, Oh, there's a discrepancy here. You know, they're sleeping here and it says there's a full moon, but actually there shouldn't have been. And it's so, but it's the exceeding amount of detail. And it's brilliant. It's just absolutely great. So, anyone who's interested (laughs) in this.
0: Well, you think that's brilliant. I think it's ridiculous. Really? I absolutely love (laughs) this. I think it's. No, I think it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> that I would never have spent that much time doing it. I mean, why would brilliant. you do that?
0: Why would just you fantastic. do
1: that? It's not well, a real
0: world. It's not... It, he never sat down with, say, like a programme like Stellarium, which lets you model the heavens. <laughs> so this...
1: So, the thing so for is, her, it
0: goes into so much detail over some, some authors written and then go, oh, there's a discrepancy here. There was no full moon that night.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, well. I, I, anyway, I think it's amazing. But I think that's probably my Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> background here coming in because it's all maps. You know, Dungeons & Dragons is all about maps and descriptions of things and it's all fantasy, right? So it's all made up.
0: You were definitely
1: so, in the Hellfire Club. Oh, well, I definitely would have been in the Hellfire Club In I was definitely ringleader. that guy. I would, well, I wouldn't have been the ringleader. I would have been the, <laughs> the lackey. I would have been the the the... the, the the dorky lackey, you know, so trying. I would to... have
0: been Eddie Munson, and you would have been the, the small fat boy.
1: You wouldn't. You wouldn't have been Eddie Munson because you don't even like. The, you don't even like maps. <laughs> I like Eddie maps, Munson like, like would like maps. <laughs> you play Dungeons and Dragons. You got to love maps. Anyway, I can't believe that you think that's rubbish. The that Journey of Frodo. That's one of my favorite. The Journeys of Frodo. That's one of my favorite um, <laughs> books. So you you don't
0: really like the Two Towers or Return of the King, but you like the book about. Uh,
1: the well, and the, the movie, over. the movie. I, I I do like the movies. No, I mean I, the books. I, no, I, I like the books. I don't like the books as you much as the to fellowship. Them. I struggled to finish them, but it's it's I think I struggled <laughs> mainly because of the splits in the two towers. I get through all the way through to the end of the Helm's Deep and then it's the bit with Frodo. I just you love the, the map book. I love the maps. And <laughs> anybody who's interested, all of my books have got maps in, and they're all done in the style of Lord of the Rings as well. That is neat. They're all done in the style of Tolkien's sort of style that then obviously has been tarted up a bit, I guess, by the cartographer who's called Jeff. I can't remember his surname. Well, that's nice. But they look amazing for me because I love maps. And I literally last week just spent, or this last week, I've spent I don't know how many hours um, perusing over my maps for my next book, Forest of Foes, which is a new map because it's set in France. And so it's all new, and they've been saying to me, like, here's the map, and do you want to have this place name here, and where do you want the forests to be? And I'm thinking, I don't know where forests are in the 7th century. So I've had to kind of guess certain things. And but anyway, I love the maps.
0: So your favourite website is Google Maps?
1: <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's pretty good. It's uh, <laughs> where I get my kicks. Leave me alone. Stop bullying me she has felt I, I feel i feel seen <laughs> so oh i like so the hall um back to the lord of the rings and not maybe maps as well but um the hall of Edoras in the two towers which is on a big mountain top in the a well, hill like a, a rocky outcrop i thought looked very similar to Bambra, to, to bebenberg actually sort of a dark ages period bambra which was interesting the hall where they go, where um Theoden King.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I suppose there's lots of fortresses would have been built on a hill. Well, just it's like, just the, fact, the, the
1: fact that it's yeah, yeah. The fact that it's just wooden and it's Anglo-Saxon style, very, very similar to the Anglo-Saxon style yeah. of walls and stuff. It just yeah, made I me suppose think...
0: there must have been millions of those. Well, millions. millions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Everybody in Britain had their own one.
0: <laughs> I don't think That's they just mean in Britain, world. though. I mean, all over Europe. <laughs> There must have been loads, uh, if there was a hill you would build a fort on it I suppose. Yeah, I guess,
1: but they wouldn't (laughs) have that sort of pseudo-Norse old English Anglo-Saxon style, which this one does. But um, anyway, it's kind of reminded me of of the way, because having been to Bambour recently it just made me think of it, thought oh that looks good. And you know the bit when the um, when the banner rips off when she's out looking? Uh, It
0: goes flying away.
1: Apparently that was not um, a planned piece of the thing, I, I, I looked up about it, and um yeah, apparently it just happened. So the Happy accident. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just that, that ripped off of its moorings, the, and then they just mm-hmm. ad libbed to the sort of the look or whatever, and that just carried on.
0: So yeah. somebody gets sacked for that, probably. Not, and it not making like it well enough.
1: Fantastic <laughs> bit of the movie. It became
0: the best part of the movie.
1: So there's a bit when King Theoden and does his speech that's based on an old English poem as well, which I don't know if you. Recognize a bit when he does the um "Where's the Rider?" "Where's the thing?" That's all based on. I can't remember. Is it the Wanderer? One of the one of the famous old English poems that I've quoted. No, in I don't books. know that. I
0: know the song.
1: What the Wanderer?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's who's it by?
0: The roads like a 60s song or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's based on the poem. Um, so here's here's the thing. My um unpopular opinion: Ents and the Ent Moot. Mm-hmm. in the film at least, I'm not talking about the books here, but maybe the books too, are boring.
0: Well, I, I suppose it's hard to make them not boring because they're so slow. Yeah. Uh, no, I like them, though. Oh, Especially when it. they're wrecking the place.
1: Oh, when they're wrecking the place, that's great. You know, Then they're smashing stuff up, yeah. aren't they? No, I, don't, I like that bit. You know,
0: that's it's... actually one scene that I really enjoyed I because there's so much darkness and death and everybody's crying, and uh, including me watching it. Uh you know, when the two hobbits, Pippin and Mary, are drinking the magic water from the well and it's making them taller. I thought that was a great scene. Do you not remember that? Did you not see that? But maybe it's in the extended version then. <laughs> I don't remember. Seeing <laughs> that right. at all. Uh, it's Mary, he's drinking water and he's saying to Pippin, Oh, I'm drinking this. And it turns out it makes you taller. So the two of them are drinking and they're fighting over this. Oh, no, yes, uh, it's, magical it's yes. water.
1: Yeah, 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 the um from the Ents, yes, yes, yes. yes. Sorry, yeah, yeah. The yeah. magical well I, 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 I think I probably skipped it. There's a couple of bits I skipped a few minutes, and I reckon. Well, I it's
0: not important skipped. to the movie in any way, but it just it brings a bit of lightness and I thought it Or was it's only
1: good. in the extended, because I, I remember it in the book, it's in yeah. the book as well, isn't it? That? Yeah.
0: And it, it gives them something to do as well, because obviously in the movies Pippin and, and Mary don't really have that much to do. Uh but I also liked the scene where they they destroy Saruman's tower. And yeah. then the two of them basically go in and smoke a whole load of weed together and get the munchies and the tower's wrecked and all the food flows yeah, out yeah. and they find the barrels uh, are, yeah. I don't know what it is, what do they call it? Leaf? I
1: well, they call they it call leaf, it... don't they? I mean, I think in the mm. books it's just supposed to be tobacco, isn't it? Uh, it's that's just
0: that's supposed fun. to be some kind of tobacco, but I think the modern movies have obviously, it's, which I never picked up on when I watched it at the cinema, In but now it's quite obvious they're supposed to be getting stoned and getting the munchies. Yeah. Which is it adds a wee bit of lightness and you know to the darkness. So it's. like I think in shade. the books
1: they're just supposed to be drunk, aren't they? Because they've just been boozing on all the ale. Yeah, and they've stuff got the
0: and... ale and stuff, and the two of them are just having a great time after this uh, terrible battle. And I, I, I enjoyed those scenes. Uh, it's, it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like I need some weedies
0: now. Did you did you like those scenes now? I don't yeah, like exactly. his accent very much because he's he's so polite. His Scottish accent for Pippin.
1: But he, he is Scottish, isn't
0: he? Aye, but he's, he's making it more polite so that people understand him, as I have to do here.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but it's so obvious to a Scottish person that he's been really polite and it's kind of irritating. You wouldn't pick up on it, but I would.
1: Well, I mean, he's just polite because he's a, he's a hobbit. Hobbits are polite.
0: Well, you have to be. Well, I suppose if you think about why is he Scottish and none of the rest of them are house? That well, that's, of... a,
1: that's a weird question. I mean, that's, that's true. They all come from the same he's... area.
0: I don't think he speaks like that in the books.
1: No, no, he doesn't. He's not Scottish in the books, I don't think. <laughs> it's, just, it's all for inclusivity.
0: Talking Scotsman.
1: So oh, I have made a note about in the battles, lack of shields in the battles, which kind of started to annoy me. Um, there's apart like, from U- the one that
0: Legolas has.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's the Uruk Hai have shields in in, the, in that, but but like none of the defenders and spears, or, or, and and spears. The Uruk Hai and have got huge Uruk Hai have got as well. spears mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. And then in there's like um, there's a couple of you see some shields like shields tied to people with horses and stuff, but we're yeah, actually the fighting. And stuff. Uh-huh. They're not using shields, and then Eowyn picks up a shield, which obviously was the way to go because it saves her from death. From the giant mace or whatever it is, from the um the Lord King of Angmar, whatever his name is. Witch King, the witch king the witch of king. Angmar. Yeah. yeah. And um but she picks up a shield off the battlefield and but all of the fighting with all of the guys from from um and all of that Gondor and... Gondorians, men of Gondor, they're mm. all running around with no shields. Why? Why fight battle with no shields? It's so stupid. Just annoyed me. That
0: oh, makes um, sense. I see what you mean. Uh, I suppose it's just a aesthetic thing where they want him to look cool with the, the sword. Uh, yeah.
1: But after a while, I kept on thinking, come on, Aragorn, just pick up a sword, uh, pick up a shield. You're well, I don't remember Aragorn
0: in. with a spear either.
1: He never. He, he only ever uses his amazing yep. sword. That's it.
0: And Legolas oh. doesn't even use a sword. He just stabs people with arrows.
1: He sometimes picks up a couple of knives, though. He did do double-handed knife actions yeah. in a couple of bits but yeah mainly it's like i'll poke you in the eye with my spear with my um mm. with my Maro, arrow and then shoot something then like i'll it. shoot two people through the head at the same time with it <laughs> then i'll pull it out and stick it in someone else and, and then i'll slide
0: down that shield
1: and shoot a couple more and climb the up
0: time. on this oliphant
1: yeah so <laughs> i mean you know who wouldn't want to be legolas is very cool Okay, so we're getting close to the end of the third movie now. In my list of things, I did say the charge of the Riders of Rohan as they sort of charge down into the thing. I, I did like the whole build up there, and basically they're my favourite people. I think like army, whatever group mm-hmm. in the in the movie. I love the the whole and the king. I think Theoden, the the actor, does a great. He job. He has good compared to Bernard Hill. He does he does a fantastic job of um of sort of just embodying that spirit and the character. So yeah, that whole thing. Um, but then it brings us to the end of the of the third movie, um, which for me, from the moment the ring is destroyed, you then you get the oh, first there's that slow motion bed bouncing scene, which I hate. And then after Was this when get,
0: Gollum falls in the No, after the lava?
1: Gollum's So Gollum's dead, falling in the lava after that, when The the, the eagles come and they do the old apocalypse now, carrying them out of the burning, Mm -hmm. sort of like helicopters carrying them away. And then Frodo wakes up in bed and you get that procession of people, the procession (laughs) of the people coming in. And all jumping in slow motion on his bed together, all laughing and japing there together. It's just awful. I absolutely hate it. Because it's like something out of a bad (laughs) 1980s sitcom or something. It's just terrible. I wanted it to freeze frame at the end of them all laughing then. It's just cheesy.
0: It's just cheesy as in and it's unrealistic, but I loved it.
1: So cheesy. But why slow mo anyway? Horrible. Hated it. Then (laughs) we go into this series of fake endings. It's like one ending after another, which I felt really labors the end of the movie i really by this point just wanted it just to end and go away and it felt like the longest load of epilogues um which are not needed really and you know they, they, they wheel out arwen suddenly appears out of nowhere and she gets you know give Aragorn a kiss and i don't know it just felt quite over the top but it brings us to the thing that the ending of the book is very different from the ending of the films so as someone who's read the books multiple times and I've only read Return of the King once, tell us what happens in the books and how it differs and what do you think of the ending?
0: Well, the Hobbits return to the Shire and Saruman's taken over with Grima Wormtongue. And uh, I don't know, I think there's men, isn't there? You wouldn't know, will you? There's men who are there No, I, to...
1: do, I, I vaguely remember. They basically, it's, it's industrialised, isn't it? It's kind of
0: it's not even so much that, it's more like Saruman's in charge of the Shire Uh, for some day, I don't know why he's went to the Shire I don't remember that, but he's taken over the Shire and he's got men running around uh, like patrolling the place to keep the Hobbits in check, so it's uh, maybe you're right, it's industrialised but then Sam and Co return and Sam basically takes over and deals with the men and I think they kill him and stuff. And then they meet Saruman, who's still alive in the books at this point. But uh, Grima stabs him then because Saruman mm, yeah. annoys him. And then uh, Sam and his cohorts uh, kill Grima. And that's everything. It's back to normal. So it's a really good ending, actually. That I don't know why they never used any of that in the movie because it gives the hobbits something more to do. And shows them as heroic again. You know they've dealt with guess, their own problem this time. I guess in a
1: film it would need to start. It would almost like be an extra film. You know, you have to sort of uh, that's quite a long tell the story sequence,
0: you know. I suppose. But I, I don't know, they could have fitted some of that. In.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, to be honest, if they cut out some of the slow mo. Mm-hmm. They could have probably added an extra ten minutes of that at the end. But I'd just um, give Sam an extra heroic yeah. section. Where I he's... guess it doesn't make a whole lot of sense though. Like, why would Saruman go to the Shire of all places? You know.
0: I don't remember, but come on, it's Tolkien. There must have been a good explanation for it. In yeah, the he he's probably he probably
1: wanted remember. to meet Tom Bombadil. Nearby. Uh, and <laughs> well, why didn't Tom Bombadil come and beat him up?
0: He was off uh, singing these songs.
1: That's fair enough. So
0: playing with uh, Goldberry.
1: Goldberry, yeah, and she's supposed to, she's like really hot.
0: Was well, that name like Goldberry? I'd imagine she would be. How could you not be?
1: How could you not be? I wish I was called Goldberry.
0: I'll call you from now
1: on. That's, you can call me that from now on. That's a whole other question. So, um, anyway, I think I feel like we've we've kind of done it to death. Now we've spoken a lot about these three movies. My the movies
0: what, last for four hours each, so that's like twelve hours, and we've discussed them within an hour and a half. I think that's, yeah, fair enough. that's
1: that's all right. So, so what's your final conclusion and one liner about the the movies before we sort of finish wrap up?
0: Quite good if you like that sort of thing.
1: <laughs> So I would say epic fantasy done as well as it's possible to do in The Fellowship of the Ring. The rest not quite as good, but almost. Oh, and here's the thing, just to, just just as an aside. It, it does amuse me, the fact that the first film won, I think, four Oscars. The second one, two. The third one won 11 Oscars, which is just ridiculous because it's mm. no way the best of the three. But they by the by that point, I think Hollywood realised that they'd made gazillions of dollars and kind of boosted the whole industry, and they thought, man, we've got to give these guys some Oscars. They we just
0: gave them it for the whole series then, at that yeah. point. But, um, it's hard to look back on it, because at that point in my life, uh, obviously we're all a lot younger. So you have to look back on it with a certain nostalgic filter. Uh, so I think I probably enjoyed them, Huge, great deal at the time, but when I watch them now, it's it's not quite as good, uh, and there may be even not as good movies as that. But because of the nostalgic filter, they seem better than they actually are to me. Mm. So I don't know. I think you'd have to like maybe my daughter would need to watch them, with no nostalgia, no preconceptions, and see what she thinks of them. Whereas to me, I've always got all this baggage attached I to think,
1: i think you'd, like, you like you're right though your daughter would see them differently but i think if you'd have to get someone who'd never seen them but they mm. were huge fans of the book first or the books because that, that for me that's kind of where we're coming from if you come at it for, as a fan of the books mm-hmm. they do come to life in a way that you know they were and, close enough they were so yeah. close to yeah. what i imagined the books to be like and the fact they got people involved who'd done like the covers um of of the books lots of artwork for the books and things to help with all the designs
0: yeah i think everyone that was involved in it absolutely loved the books all the actors and stuff that just comes
1: through shines Uh through anyway so on that note um about those amazing films uh we've we've Talked a lot about them, and um, we normally do the, the regular questions of what have you been watching. I think that's probably obvious, obvious what we've been watching. I've been watching a lot of um, the Lord of the Rings movies, and I think you have too.
0: Yeah, I spent a bit of time. Uh, yeah. I where, so,
1: and what have you been listening to?
0: A podcast. I was painting the hall this week, so I needed something to listen to. So, I listened to a podcast by the Brothers of the Serpent. There's two guys that just discuss uh. Strange topics like missing 411, which is people that are, went missing in American national forests on, inexplicably, and they just maybe some of them are found in really bizarre places. And like children, especially, like maybe a four year old child goes missing and they find them at the top of their cylinder where they could never have possibly got. So it's like, how did they get there? Uh, so they cover things like that lost civilizations and technology, like how they made the pyramids and or these, how would they have cut these blocks to these kind of standards and stuff. So I had a great time listening to them. I think Matthew's laughing at me for this.
1: I'm loving it. It's just, it's just explains so much. You know, you, you, you're telling me that I'm a geek about enjoying maps about a fantasy thing and you're <laughs> listening to podcasts about conspiracy theories and total bollocks about Well, it's not conspiracy aliens.
0: theory. It's not aliens either. It's, it's ancient technology. How did they do it? They must have had technology. So, Well, the Brothers of the Serpent, check them out. So, what have you been
1: listening to? And please don't say Queen. <laughs> I'm not going to say Queen, but I will say <laughs> I've been, I've actually been listening to, believe it or not, I've been doing some writing this week and I've been listening to Howard Shaw's The Lord of the Rings um, music. Mm-hmm. So, it's been quite good. Uh, although it's, it has a little bit of that Star Wars effect whereby I know it now so well that it kind of, throws you can me picture out the scenes. Yeah. 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 But, but in general, it, it's quite good. Um, uh, it, I mean, it's great music, but it's quite good at sort of you know writing with that in the background. So, yeah. and brilliant music. And um, I, I, what have I'm reading? What have you been reading? I, uh, I well, you guess. can
0: probably guess. What I've been reading, I'm actually making a concerted effort to finish your book. <laughs> Not that it's bad again. I repeat this every week. It's a very good book. I just don't have time, so I'm kind of every night now when I go to bed, I'm making time just to do a chapter or two because uh, I'm gonna finish it at some point. And even if you, I get disturbed by Sheila walking in the room, if
1: <laughs> we be finished, finish finished it before Christmas, it'd be amazing. <laughs> at least so, I'll finish it. Yeah, yeah. Well, hope hopefully you you hopefully enjoy it. This is the time right? this is the time Thanks for this. Uh-huh. So you can you can get straight onto
0: the well so, Well said, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to buy it.
1: So well, I haven't got any copies, I maybe. Um I, have, I can't think of what I've been reading. I, I'm still reading The Thicket, this novel I was uh, talked about last time um, by Joe Lansdale. I haven't actually read anything this week. I've been so busy with writing and in the evenings I've, not, I've been watching Lord of the Rings. I've not had any chance to read, so I've read nothing. So that's it from me. That's it from me. So that's it for today for both of us. That's it for our episode. hope you've enjoyed it. Please let us know if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover in future episodes. You can contact us on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podcast or on Twitter, where we are at rock underscore swords. You can find out more about our books on matthewharphy.com and stephenamackay.com. We're also both on Twitter and Facebook, and we would love to hear from readers and listeners, so drop by and say hello. The theme music is written uh, by Stephen A. Mackay and performed by us, copyrighted by us. Until next time, a rock, paper, swords. It's goodbye from me, Matthew Harfie. It was goodbye from me, Stephen A. Mackay. I thought you were Tom Bombadil. But remember, whatever action and adventure you... (laughs) (laughs) And remember, whatever action and adventure you have going on in your life, be kind, stay safe, and happy reading.